Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. to the Retail Corner Podcast. We have one more episode coming to you guys, and we're so excited because today we have Joe Fish. Uh, Joe Fish has been in the industry for many years. He's been with uh, PwC, with uh, Girardelli Chocolate Company, and today he stands as the CEO of Wine Access. How are you doing today, Joe? Great. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure having you, and I, and especially talking about a subject that we haven't really discussed with any of our guests, which is really the economy today and subscription models, right? There's good stories, bad stories, of course, Netflix mm-hmm. just around the corner, right? Uh, but when it comes to subscription and winery, how, how is that going? How do you think the future of that? How did you guys get started? Like, tell us a little bit more about the story, how it began and where it's really gone down to. Because I think as more and more people, and I hate to always say pandemic or post-pandemic, I think that subject is so dry, you know, it's over and done with. But even before then, we as a culture were gravitating to more online usage and more subscription models and feeling more comfortable in putting our credit card pretty much everywhere, right? Signing mm-hmm. up for everything. So how did you guys begin? How did you guys adjust? And, and where do you see the subscription model going into the future? Yeah, so we were we were a little late to the game um, in terms of subscription. So the, the company uh, was founded about 15 years ago and had always been typical kind of email marketing, single product send, and, and that was it. And then in 2017, I always like to say that we innovated by doing something that was popular in the 90s by actually having more than one more than one product in Ascend. Um, and that's when we rolled out our, our storefront. And then in 18 is probably when we really started to trial uh, trial wine clubs. And we had we had we had looked at other kind of competitors in the space and, and they seemed to be doing really well. But I think one of the issues that we always saw with a lot of wine clubs, uh, at least from a from a retailer standpoint, was a fair amount of churn. It used to be a lot of, you know, every month, six bottles and it would stack up. And then after after six months or so, you may end up seeing the seeing that person uh, leave the club. So. Uh, we knew we wanted to play in it, but we didn't want to necessarily do a lot of the same things that other people were were doing. So we first started off with our own internal wine club, and we made the mistake of of launching a monthly club. So we had we had surveyed everything, said, okay, the monthly clubs are really are really tough and have a hard time working. Great, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, we ended up seeing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like we had all the right answers there, and we're like, like, why did we do that? But anyway, we got we got it happens, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Uh, you get excited and you start like modeling it out on paper. You're like, yeah, the revenue is going to be really high with this. Well, what we ended up doing was after we saw that the retention wasn't as high as we wanted it to be, we decided to move to a, a quarterly club. And I think one of the things that people love about us is this discovery aspect. And that's why our our uh, single product sense did really well in what we call our daily offer. There'd be a 500,000 word narrative and people could really explore that with the 
with the monthly clubs, you were pushing so much wine onto the onto the consumer that they didn't really have a chance to kind of explore and play in the other in the other areas uh, of the site. So we moved it to a quarterly club, and we immediately saw a pop in retention. And, and so it ended up being kind of we're we're around eighty uh, percent retention. Which when we look at across oh, wow. the other subscriptions, especially in wine, uh, we're really we're really proud of that. So. Uh, a bit of it was was late to the game. A bit of it was uh, making a mistake, but then ended up getting our footing and and uh, really excited with how it turned out. And we we see this as the as the main growth driver for us uh, when we look out in 22, 23 and beyond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure as you guys kind of discovered the path, right? Your your target audience, exactly what they wanted, how to react, move from that monthly to that quarterly. Uh, you guys probably looked at other organizations to collaborate with, to partner with. Uh, how is that process? Like as you're trying to build that subscription model for folks out there that probably want to do that for their brand, you know, what do you feel is like good organizations to partner with? What should be on the lookout for in order to be able to really pave the road into their subscription model? Yeah. So when we, so I think we've been fortunate to find a number of different partners to work with from, from the Michelin guide to wine folly, to, to decanter, to sunset magazine, um, and, and continuing to build more. So I think first and foremost, we need to align, uh, from an organizational, uh, perspective, on having similar values, because if we don't have that, then then the club and the integration is going to be really clunky. So one of the things, or I should say, multiple things that 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 we really pride ourselves on are, are, are wine curation. So absolutely amazing wine team that are curating the best wines in the world. Uh, that's all delivered with amazing content. So I'd mentioned before that every offer we put out is about 500 to 1,000 words. We really care about like the people and the place behind it. So when we're thinking about who to partner with, we would want we would want organizations that have a consumer base that also have that as well. They, they want that curation. They want that content. Uh, another pillar that we always talk about is perfect provenance, always making sure that the wine is in pristine, perfect condition. We would hope that our partners with whatever product they're delivering are the same way. And then lastly, just having a superior customer service team. So again, with those with those organizations, we want to make sure that they align on those values. So if, if they don't, then we're going to have a problem from the start. But if they do, then that's a great, great start. And then kind of the next mm-hmm. from there was identifying, okay, once we've aligned on what our values are, we said, okay, what, what organizations do we think are a natural fit? So the, the Michelin Guide was, for us, a very obvious one. I mean, it's fine food, fine wine, high-end consumer. You, you kind of couldn't ask for, you know, for a more kind of perfect partner in that. There are traditional content marketers when you kind of think about what what the guide has done for for the Michelin organization. Uh, And then the last piece was, is we didn't want to just rinse and repeat the same club. So we wanted each club to be somewhat distinct. So if if it's Michelin, it's going to be built around restaurants and food. If it was Sunset, it was a West Coast, because it's a West Coast publication, we wanted a West Coast club. Wine Folly was going to be more about discovery and off the beaten path. So that's how we kind of went um, went about kind of approaching these different partners. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And and I'm sure 
as, as you're trying to build more and more subscribers, right? It, I would presume, and correct me if I'm wrong in this presumption, it all comes down to the add-on value, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously the story, obviously the experience, but I'm sure that that package, right? That package that, that translates that experience beyond the digital platform, right? Into, into me physically engaging with it. How do you keep that new and fresh and, and always exciting for the consumer, right? Because because at the end of the day, the products ultimately are the same, right? But how do you guys kind of give it that twist so people keep engaged and keep excited about receiving those packages? Yeah. So I think, I think one aspect of it, uh, and it will be kind of different by each club. So I'll try to pick like an overarching one for each one though. Mm-hmm. And when we're selecting wines, we're trying to figure figure out, you know, what wines here are truly special. A lot of times uh, we deal with wines in small quantities that may not be otherwise available to, to, the, to the larger public. So I think there's a notion around product exclusivity for those consumers. Then I think we also try to have added, added benefits. So with each one of our wine clubs, you actually get 10% off all of your purchases uh, within our either daily offer or store. So that is an, another added benefit that non-wine club members um, aren't afforded. When it when it comes to something like the Michelin guide with each one of the with each one of the shipments, we'll work with the SOM at the restaurant and, and the chef to make sure that we're coming up with uh, added either uh, wine pairings or, or food recipes to go with those, to go with those wines. So each time we're trying to figure out, okay, like how can we continue to, to add value into each one of these, um, into each one of these subscriptions, there can be other things where they'll get special invites to events that we may be, be holding as well. So we're going to have to continue to figure out what more and more of those are right now. They, they seem to be working really well, but, um, as we know, consumer that, that must be the challenge, right? How do you, how do you keep innovating all the time? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think with that, also the other challenge I would presume is is educating the consumer, right? Because at the end of the day, as much as now as a society we're more comfortable with subscription models, mm-hmm. we're more comfortable with that trust in in companies, right? And building that relationship with a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also some somewhat of an educational gap, right? How, how do you guys? kind of minimize that or what is the initiatives you recommend for other companies to look at as they're trying to educate their consumers into their subscription models? And yeah. is it, re- and, and sorry to piggyback off that question. The second question to that is, is it worth investing more in educating the consumer or is it better to adapt to what you see the consumer is doing? Yeah. So with, when we talk through kind of the four pillars of, of wine access, uh, number two is content and that's really rooted in, in education. And when we've, when we've talked about partnering, whether it's the Michelin guide or wine folly or, or sunset, a lot of times these are, these are publications that have like dedicated their, their, their lives and their craft to educating the consumer or the subscriber anyway. So for, for us, that's such a key component of what we do. So whether it's the unboxing experience, every single wine that you get, uh, we have this beautiful cardstock that has the story behind the wine. It has the flavor profiles. It has the drinking window of, of when do you drink it? You know, now until 2030. And it has, it, it's really, you know, you have so much education exploding off the page of that. In addition to that, uh, another component for every single one of the wine clubs that we do is we have our our head of wine, who's a, who is a master of wine, uh, developing video content, talking about the wine, how she came across it. So again, m- even more more enhancing to that to that that educational element and and 
you know, we're, we're, we're continuing to try to do it in, in the written word on video, audio, uh, and then obviously, you know, tasting it as well. So we're hitting, we're hitting just about <laughs> as we can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I know with, with any retail company, right. Cause at the end of the day, it's all retail. There's the KPIs, right? KPIs are so valuable when it comes to subscription models. What, what is the one metric that I, you find the most valuable and, and what do you guys use that metric for in order to improve your business? Yeah. So the, there's, Retention is obviously a, a big one for us, but I, I think the other piece that we look at would be purchases outside the wine club. So rough numbers, I think in this last year, we, we had something like 43% um, of our wine club customers made purchases outside of the wine club, which we love, meaning that they went to the wine club, they enjoyed it so much. But they also said, okay, I'm going to like jump into a different part of my wine journey and I'm going to start to kind of start making purchases, um, purchases outside of, outside of that. So I know you asked for one, but I always end up throwing two and then I start to think of another. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's no problem. Of course. And, and do you think with, with these KPIs, I was reading about this, uh, net promoter score, right? NPS. What, what is that KPI really used for? Can you explain to us a little bit more? I mean, I'm, I'm, blindly ignorant to the subscription model, right? And the process of it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of listeners are as well. So, so if we can go on that one, I was just curious about that particular KPI. Yeah, sure. So we really think of it as, and I shouldn't say we, the industry thinks of it as oh, how likely is a customer to recommend um, your product? So typically like anything that is between kind of 50 to 70 is world class. Mm-hmm. It's on a scale of zero to 100. So anything kind of zero to 50 is like, well, zero is not great. Uh, course, yeah. around 50 <laughs> is, is decent, uh, decent enough. And then kind of 50 to 70 is world class. And we've been kind of consistently in the low 80s. So it's that's something that wow. we're really, really proud of. Uh, you, you talk metric, and that's one that I look every single morning. I'm, I'm looking at what were the latest NPS scores from from the day before, and making sure that we're that we're moving in the right direction. Wow, wow, no, that's phenomenal. And what do you guys think is like uh, the game changer or the differential for Wine Access to be able to sustain that score uh, consistently? Yeah, I think it's. So we, we going through the fourth pillar, it's the fourth pillar of wine access. And it just, it has to be, if it's not in our DNA, there's just no way for us to kind of sustain those really high, those really high scores. So for us, it's every single person. I mean, we repeat it every, every all hands meeting. We, we go mm-hmm. through the four pillars of wine access and, and we always end an all hands meeting with a customer story, uh, that we absolutely that we absolutely love. So it's just it's just built into what we do. You, you can't get away from it if you're you're at Wine Access. Uh, and you know, I spend a lot of time in tickets as well. So I'll be answering customer service tickets every every now and then. So if anyone ever gets a a, a note from Joe, that actually is me. And I wow. think that sort of like commitment to it is what's necessary to really. Mm-hmm. Keep you know, keep those scores really high. No, that's phenomenal. I mean, you, you lead by example and that's just great. I mean, it, it's very rare, right? That you get the CEO answering, replying to customer engagement, but that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing. And with that, let me ask you this, obviously when it comes to subscriptions, there's also the elephant in the room, right? Which is I subscribed, I have a great time with the experience, but I also at some point 
maybe I've decided to be a rum drinker or a whiskey drinker or whatever, right? Point is, everything begins and it ends, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies make it so difficult for you to be able to end that subscription model. It's like, everything is great until you want to finalize that and it becomes an uphill battle, right? Mm -hmm. How do you guys engage that and how do you make that experience for the consumer and why do you think so many companies make it so difficult well it's it's easy to lock people in <laughs> you're losing revenue in a sense uh, the way that we've always approached i mean we have a great customer great customer service team uh so you can uh you know you write in and say cancel and basically next day it's gonna it's gonna get canceled we do i we do have a great relationship with our consumers and we do end up having really good dialogue. So a lot of times if someone's, if someone doesn't want to be in the club anymore, we're fine with that. We, we, we want, we, but we do want to understand why, because if it's mm-hmm. something that we did and they just, and, and they're just to leave it, well, we can't fix that going forward. A lot of, most times what we find is I just have too much wine and I need to, I need to <laughs> break for two months and then bring me, bring me back on board. Uh, it's yeah, there, there are, there have been, competitors that, that, that we've seen where it's been extremely difficult and you see it all over the, all over the message boards. Uh, so we've always, we've always said, well, why would we make it so difficult? Because maybe they don't want to be in a wine club because they now have said, actually, I know what I want now because, uh, because wine access, you've educated me. So I'm going to move more of my purchases into your store or buying off your, your daily offer. Um, so I, I've never understood why you would ever want to leave a customer with really bad taste in their mouth because we're not, we're, we're thinking about how do we build a 10 year or 15 year relationship um, and taking off a customer over $150 uh, per quarter subscriptions just seems, uh, just seems crazy to me. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree because at the end of the day, by doing that, you're, you're firing your customer, right? Forever. And Mm -hmm. it's like any business is repeat business, right? Otherwise it's not business at all. Mm -hmm. And, and to your point, it's, it's great that you guys have that accessibility to be able to have that because it's, it's not a definite no, it's just a not right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's turning that around, like you very well mentioned. And, and the last question I have for you, Joe, and, and I'd like to ask this of everybody that we have as a guest, is if you have one piece of advice for both entrepreneurs or executive folks who are you know, learning, growing their team, growing their career, what is the one piece of advice out of your entire experience that you would say you know, for them to focus on? Yeah, I, it's, it's get the right team on the bus and keep them as long as you can. I think that's like everything else, like will will kind of come into place. Like the, even if the strategy is not perfect, if you have the right team, you're going to figure out how to get to the, get to the right place. So that's hands down. Number, number one. Uh, Absolutely. I agree with you. We're, we're only as strong as the people that surround us. Right. And mm-hmm. we can always adjust. We can go through the rough and the good times, which they'll always be. But if you don't have the right team, it's easy to, to succeed when everything is great. But when yeah. there's problems, that's where you really need the, the key players. Absolutely. 100%. Well, Joe, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, guys. Wine access is amazing. Get, get to it, get to know wine, subscribe to it, enjoy it. And, you know, you never know, Joe might actually be answering one of your messages or questions that you have out there. So that's phenomenal. And uh, it was a pleasure to have you. And I, and I really look forward to maybe in the six months to a year, you know, circling back, seeing how the journey is treating you and what you guys are doing to change the game. Yeah. Anytime, Carlos. So happy. Would love to come back. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks.
If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.